I'm Carrie Benedett, and this is my podcast, Thriving Matters, where you will find tools to revitalise you and your relationships, whether at work or in your personal life. Well, a little bit about me. I'm an education consultant specialising in emotional intelligence, and I use creative approaches that empower people with proven processes. I'm known for my high energy, passion and compassion for those in need of help. And I like to shine a spotlight on what we can do. I'm here to bring positivity, confidence and strength every day, everywhere. My mantra in life has been, let's give it a red hot shot. Morning, everybody. It's evening in South Africa. And this week, our episode for Thriving Matters podcast is talking to a colleague of mine who I got to meet in Singapore with a conference about 12 months ago. Crystal Austin, you are very, very welcome. And thank you so much for staying up because I know it's not morning where you are, it's actually evening. So Carrie needs to do some work on her time management and (laughs) and managing a world clock. So how are you today? (laughs) Very well, thank you, Carrie. Uh, Yes, you know, it's actually almost the next day, so I'm, I'm just a few hours behind you getting ready to, I guess, uh, you know, they say the lion sleeps tonight, uh, Crystal doesn't sleep tonight, but yes, thank you, I, I appreciate being here and it's a pleasure to speak to you. We have a share a tribe of like-minded people and our listeners know that we're always talking about things that help us thrive in life and to know the intersection between our life and work is starting and has been merging for quite a while. And if we look at a lot of the research at the moment, the information coming out around what is the prospect of work for our population in the next few generations. And we are being told more and more that, you know, with the advent of artificial intelligence, the jobs for people and where we will find work is changing. And the need for the interpersonal skills such as talking to somebody and communicating, understanding each other is more and more important. And that's the business that we're both in because basically we love people. It's, an, it's a lay down the there as far as I'm concerned. So would you, Crystal, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? So, uh, yes, obviously joined the, the Emotional Intelligence Family or Tribe, as you said, uh, a few years ago. And this is something I think that reflecting back on all the things that I've done over the years, I found that this was sort of the space that I got into that almost brought all of that learning into sort of something that is more tangible, something that is more real and definitely something that is more needed in mm. this, I guess, in this time regardless of where we live and regardless of what we're doing but that it's important regardless of who we are that it's a skill that we need to all be able to to master at some point whether you can actually master that or not some days we're better and some days we're just embarrassed at ourselves and you know the kinds of things that we do but I think you know from a, a consistency perspective I think it would just be incredible if we could be those people regardless of where we are You know, imagine being at work and being the same person at work as you are at home or vice versa. I think in most cases, we probably don't show the best side of ourselves at home. Uh, We tend to come home and, you know, our family members often get the brunt of whatever stresses we've experienced in the working place. So with the emotional intelligence, it complemented very well the other services that we were offering in the workplace. We work with psychometric assessments to help clients identify people who are a good fit for the jobs. We profile the job, we see how the candidate fits, and then also help uh, people identify developmental areas. You know, so where is it that I might be falling short? 
for me to be more productive or for me to be a better employee, a better manager, a better leader. Uh, and then also, yes, personality profiling. I know I shared with you a little earlier. I've been very fascinated by the different personality types that we have. You know, I look at my own family alone, how different each of my kids are, and then how similar we are in certain ways and being aware of when those similarities are great and when they could potentially be, uh, you know, sort of a hindrance or an obstacle. All of those, I guess, elements, it's always been in the people development space. And that's really where I become excited. That's really where I find my light. It's something that I enjoy waking up to every day. In fact, I love waking up to it. Uh, I feel sorry for people who count Monday to Friday. I have been in one of those jobs where you wake up on a Monday and you start counting, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, oh, four more sleeps and then it's the weekend. And then you see on social media, you know, as yeah. the weekend progresses, you get the Monday morning blues that hit. Yeah. And I'm very grateful that I don't experience that during the work that I do. Yeah. So your business really is a mirror of what your your main interests are in life as well. Having we both got families, we like a lot of our listeners, and families these days, I call mine the licorice all sorts. And uh, that's exactly what they are. They're all shapes, sizes, colours. And uh, I don't suppose I ever thought they would be like this. And that's just probably some naivety many, many years ago. But it's rich. And um, the same with working with people in, in business. So listeners, no matter what our job, no matter what our career, often we know that our core values and our beliefs underlie what it is that we're passionate about and that's what I can hear from you Crystal what you're passionate about now I know you just said that you're not having much sleep tonight and one of my questions is to all my guests is usually well what puts a smile on your dial when you get up in the morning now I'm very aware that if that was me and I had three or four hours sleep there probably wouldn't be a smile on my dial in the morning tell me something about your day you mentioned a mindfulness practice would you like to tell us a bit about that well you know before I, I'm effective at my mindfulness practice you know most mornings I try and get up I have two voices in my head I don't know how normal that is uh, but you know I set that alarm and it, it wakes me up and one voice says oh come on you haven't slept much just go back to sleep you know this bed is really comfortable and then I have another little voice that says, come on, you can do this, get out of bed. And so part of, you know, building up to my mindfulness practice is I actually first talk myself out of bed. I go and get some exercise in the morning before I get the household up and, and going in the morning. And then when the kids are all gone, I spend a little bit of time doing a spiritual practice. So obviously I take a lot of interest in my spiritual practice. I'll spend some time going through my scriptures and getting myself into a frame of mind based on the values that I have. How am I going to show up today? Am I going to show up based on those things that I know I should be doing? And I find that when you plug those practices in, first thing in the morning, it really sets you up for the rest of the day. Then I will add my mindfulness practice where I'll take a few minutes and just, you know, whether it's one of the apps that I listen to, because there are so many great apps on the internet. I love variety, so I get bored very quickly. I can't listen to the same thing. So I like to go and see, well, what's new? Try something different. And, you know, some yeah. days it's great. I, I get more time and in other days I can just feel all the distractions. And that's it. You know, some days we are going to be better at it. Other days we're just going to struggle a little bit more. 
but not to give up. And even if I, if I fit in 60 seconds between tasks, uh, I've become much more aware of it. And I find that the longer you do that, the easier it becomes to then refocus when you become distracted. So yes. it doesn't always have to be those long, you know, I guess I'm still aiming for that where I can sit for half an hour and <laughs> just be still. You know, that, that will be self-mastery at some point in my life. But I know it will get there with daily practice. But I, I also believe that we often dismiss the small moments between events, between experiences, between projects to just pause, yep. take a breather, and then refocus our efforts. And I'm listening to you saying that, and I've just got to say to you, I've got a little catchphrase for you. What you've just described is a plug-in pause. I really like that. I have a wacky sense of humour, you, you know that. Um, <laughs> that's doable, isn't it? So one of the things I think we're all learning is how do we switch off to switch on again in different situations? And whether we're a teacher, whether we, we work in an office, we're the head of a company, whether we are um, a concierge at a hotel, whether we're on the phone of a call centre, we all are moving from different situations um, to the next and they're diarised, they're pretty pressured and then we have something that comes into challenges, something that takes our direction away from the moment, takes us away from what we thought we were going to do, you know, that very conscientious diary that we have each day, I'm going to tick it off as I go, something blows in and we go, oh, pull up sticks, I need to attend to this. But what you've just described is a really effective mindfulness practice to help us manage and traverse those challenges that we get and the changes it's like changing gear during the day mm. you know if we're driving a manual car how to get to first gear well we all love driving and if freewheeling we love that but we've actually got to climb up and down through the gears so that plug-in pause is a great um, technique so thank you for sharing that yeah that's fantastic i'm going to ask you during your time of maturing and aging and getting to the to the age of wisdom as we go through life, has there been a significant author or person, identity that has influenced the way you like to show up each day? Or is there a, a quote perhaps that you, you will often come back to? Uh, yes, I mean, there are a few. So I'm also, uh, I almost want to call myself a Blinkist junkie. You know, in the mornings, one of the other things I like plugging in uh, to my day, so after a little bit of mindfulness and, and some spiritual feeding, is I love to listen to whether it's a blink or a TED talk, uh, or you know, on YouTube, there are so many amazing recorded talks by different uh, speakers. I think one of the ones that struck a note for me was I watched um, a TED talk by Amy Cuddy, yeah. uh, who was a psychologist that spoke about body language, you know, and it really for me that resonates very much with the emotional intelligence in terms of how we show up she was talking about you know how we or our bodies have the ability to actually influence our minds and that's why yes the exercise and i know i can't say that i'm in love with exercise some people will think i am really it is a challenge when you when you're able to connect the benefits of what you do and why you do it and and sort of linking that feel good because i tell you that i usually smile when i'm done with gym so that's to say, it takes a little while for that smile to be on my face when I wake up in the morning. But it's once you've done something that is difficult, yeah. something that, you know, you could have chosen to stay in the soft bed, but you get up and you go and do it regardless of how difficult it is. 
Yeah. And you start moving your body in a way that gives you energy. And it starts, you start feeling better about yourself. You're proud that actually, you know what? I listened to the right voice this morning. I got it out of bed and I went and did that. Yeah, it was dark. It was cold. It was whatever, whatever our yeah. excuses are, because we can, we'll probably use the same excuse over and over, regardless of what it is that we're facing. But being aware of those excuses. And then when I feel good, Ah, you know, you walk with your shoulders back, then it's easy to walk out. And I have my little hello project in the morning when I walk out of gym or even when I walk to gym, I find a lot of people look down yeah. as they enter the building. I love shouting out, hello, good morning, and trying to make <laughs> eye contact with people. And so the hello project is, well, how many people say hello first? And generally that would be me. I, I love saying hello first. That's kind of my challenge. And seeing people respond to simple greeting. Uh, and that is a body language. I'm walking out, I look confident, I look friendly. And when you start putting on that persona, it is much easier for your thoughts to, to align with that. So sometimes, you know, it's easy when we, we think positively for our bodies to follow suit. But when we're not in a space of feeling positive and yes, I'm now getting up and I've now got to go yeah. do something difficult, we can change that. And I think that was the one talk that, that stood out for me. Mm. Uh, and then another talk that I've come across recently, or another speaker is a Dr. Joe Dispenza, which also talks about the power of the mind and how much power we actually have over yeah. how we think, what it is that we do, how we show up. And those kinds of talk uh, really resonate with me. And then just the quote by Theodore Roosevelt, daring greatly, you know, get in the ring, Go for it. You know, don't be fooled by those who criticize. Don't be drained of your energy by people who, who do not go and try yeah. and fail. Get your hands dirty. Uh, and that's sort of like my personal mantra. So when I'm feeling things are difficult or I feel like I'm doing something and I'm being criticized for it, I try and just fill those voices. And sometimes it's my own voice, you know, that voice that says, you know, do you really know what you're doing? Are you really as good as people think you are? <laughs> you're missing that, that self-talk because I think we are our worst critics. Oh. We don't give ourselves credit for what we actually do and what we achieve. Well, you've just described your own professional development that you got lined up for yourself each day and it's a habit, isn't it? It's, it's a daily Absolutely. habit. Yeah. And not, it doesn't take a long time to do this. I've seen the Amy Cuddy TED Talk. So, Crystal, you've just described your own professional development little package, which doesn't take a great deal of time out of your day, but it also enhances the work you do in your, in your business. I think it's brilliant. So, our listeners will be picking up on a few of your, your handy hints and your daily habits. I love it. I'm wondering also, I guess yesterday I was listening to Dr. Adam Fraser here, who does is a researcher and has just done a huge project with school principals and school leaders here in Australia, uh, and he's called it Flourish. And he has a new book coming out in 2020 called Strive. And he talks about the research now that's showing that if we don't have any challenges in our life, we miss out on developing certain aspects that give us the potential and help us with our resilience to master different situations. So I thought that was quite a, a nice link in with what we're talking about because all the things that you've mentioned today 
uh, are linked to our awareness of ourselves, how well we know ourselves, and then how that can then influence how we work with other people. So we keep coming back to always seeking out the opportunities in life, not to shy away from a challenge, but to actually take it on and go, yeah, I'm going to feel a bit uncomfortable in this, you know, whether it's being someone's criticizing you or whether it's the self-talk that's that we say to ourselves, you know, are you really as good as you think you are? But they're the type of things that help us strive forward to put our next step forward so that we do show up in the difficult situations that we're in. We do answer the phone when we know that someone on the end of the phone is totally irate or very surprised or perhaps is getting something that they didn't expect. We do need this notion of challenge, of being able to put our foot forward and go, I'm not afraid to actually get myself into a different situation. And they're all the skills that we talk about around emotional intelligence. The research from Daniel Goleman over many years is saying that we can't ceiling our emotional intelligence. We can only apply it to more and more situations. And it's the applying that is the striving in the challenge. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I just think as a parent, uh, you know, you kind of think you do emotional intelligence and yes, it's going to help at work. I've seen how it's helped in my family life. So it's definitely something that regardless of where you go, you're going to be able to use it. But talking about challenges, you know, I think some of my biggest growth in life have come from those times where I've been faced with an opportunity to do something that seemed a lot bigger than what I was capable of. Mm. And I've always made a point of saying, yes, yes, I'll do it. And then, you know, sort of maybe the day after you suddenly have this semi-panic attack and you're going, oh, what did I just say yes to? Oh my word, what was that? What was I thinking? And then as, as I said, again, those thoughts come in and we start doubting ourselves. But I know once I've committed, I can't talk myself out of it because part of my integrity is that I will follow through on my commitments. So when I've kept, kept a promise, uh, I have to follow through. So best you get your backside in gear and prepare for it, you know, and do what you need to, to be ready, but not shy away, regardless of how afraid or nervous or self-doubting I've been. When yeah. I've stepped up to those challenges that have come, I have always emerged on the other side, feeling more empowered, feeling more capable, and it's definitely encouraging so that it becomes easier now to say yes to more difficult things where you kind of go, wow, you know, the last time I said yes to that difficult thing that I really was afraid of, I got compliments. People acknowledged it. I felt great about what I did and I could feel the growth. Wow, I wonder what growth I'm going to get out of saying yes to the next thing or the next challenge. It doesn't mean that we have to go around saying yes to everything, but yes to those things that sort of form part of the plan that we have for ourselves, the vision that we have of who we want to be, who we want to be seen as and how we want to show up in the world. Yeah, and it's looking back, it's taking in time to uh, to reflect on those and to see where the biggest growth is. And that's also what the latest research is saying. It's the times of adversity. It's the times where we're being challenged, that that's where the growth is. And they're, they're things, I mean, I'm in another decade of my life, and they're, they're things that when I look back on my life, I think, wow, yes, I was in particular situations, flying by the seat of your pants, the belief in yourself that you can actually be there and trusting yourself is part of this as well. And not being afraid to ask for some help, you know, in the preparation or in checking things out. And that's a big learning for me in my life as well, because my family, they encourage 
showing up and doing things all the time. And we all know that failing is part of growing and learning and getting to the next spot. So yeah, looking back on, on your failures and having a good laugh to yourself is, is one of the uh, gems in life, I think. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I'm going to ask you at the moment, is there a big idea or something that keeps coming into your consciousness that's triggering some curiosity, perhaps you're pondering something, whether it's to do with your work or with just life in general, and the reason I ask you this is, I mean, we're here only for a short period of time on this earth. You know, I'm surrounded by different generations now. My family has four generations currently living, which is stunning. And I look there and I think, yes, some are just starting their life. In the, some are in the middle, some are two thirds in and some are waiting to die. They're, you know, they're, they're, they know their time is coming to an end. And I'm thinking, you know, if we're only here for a short period of time, is there something I would like to do now or investigate or put into action so I could leave something for those that follow me? So I'm just wondering if you had an eye, something bubbling up? Yeah, I wish I had all the answers. You know, I think for each of my kids, uh, I would almost want to leave a different legacy because they're, they're all so different. You know, one of the things that I, that I do ponder quite often, uh, you know, sort of thinking about the experiences that I had growing up, was abused by my father and then went through welfare system and most kids that would not be considered a normal life perhaps in south africa that is more common than it would be in, in any other places but i think the the big thing reflecting on that is i think often we expect other people to pull us up and we don't realize how much power we actually have to move ourselves forward don't wait for someone to pull you out of the hole. We have got so many good books. There are so many good talks on the internet. I think one of the things that helped me, even as a teenager, going through a lot of what I felt like was an empty can, I guess it's the, the best way to describe that, where you just felt hollow and dark and useless and not any good to anyone. But really, if you feel that you are down or depressed, not just sit in that. Don't wait for someone to help you start reaching out if you've got internet get on the internet and start looking for good things because when you start filling yourself with all those good things good thoughts make sure that you have connections to good people be connected don't be alone find people who have similar values or ideas or people who sort of display or reflect the values and the behaviors that you want to be able to demonstrate we don't always need a help up or a handout or a or someone to take us out of anything. What is it that I can do for myself to be better today? What is it that I can do to be better tomorrow? And if I have done something today that I'm not proud of, what am I going to do tomorrow to be just you know marginally better than I was today? The big thing that comes to me is that what is it that I can do for myself so that I can help other people? I can't give when I don't have. So what is it that I'm consuming what is it that i am reading what is it that i'm engaging with on a day-to-day -day basis and then the power and i think this is the main message is we each have the power to rewrite our story we can decide we know what we've come from we know what experiences we've had you know we know the good times we know the bad times but we have the power to sit down and write and that's you know one of the other practices from time to time is to sit down and just write my intention for the future. Who do I want to be five years from now? Where do I see myself? And just envisioning some of those good experiences that you want to have, 
the abundant feelings that you want to have, the love that you want to have, the way you want to show up. But you have to determine that. You can't wait for someone else to write your story. Your story is yours and yours alone to write. And I think after hearing you say all that and sharing all that with us, you have a book in you. I just need a ghostwriter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is powerful. I've written down each of our episodes has a call to action. So listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to our episode today with Crystal and Carrie, your call to action could involve something like this. What are your plug-in practices? Do you have something that you can use very quickly as a refocus practice? What is a TED Talk? What have we got at our fingertips? Free, basic, free PD for us. Hop on and have a look at a TED Talk. Amy Cuddy was mentioned today. And what is it that you can do to connect to somebody else? What is your Hello Project this week? Each day for the next seven days, who is it that you can say hello to and acknowledge when you look up, look to the side, not look down during your time out and about? So, Crystal, I have thoroughly enjoyed you sharing your story with us today. What's the best way if our listeners want to contact you? What would be the best way? Uh, well, I'm on most social media platforms. So LinkedIn is obviously the, the most common one. You can just look me up. It's Crystal Austin on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. They're all <laughs> the same. I'd like to think that I'm the only Crystal Austin out there. You know, when you do Google yourself, it's yeah. nice to see when you are the top one, but I don't know whether that's just because I Google myself too often. <laughs> <laughs> there are a number of Crystal Austins around and uh, we need just to check for the spelling of Crystal. It's important. So C-H-R-Y-S-T-A-L-A-U-S-T-I-N and yes. an easy email address is crystal at growingpeoplegrace.com. Thank you so much. And listeners, if you would like to know more about what I do as a leadership coach, pop on to carriebenedette.com. And we would love you to pop over to our podcast and give us a thumbs up. It's encouraging and uh, we're really enjoying all the different types of guests because, you know, our world is made up of ordinary people, you and I, who are doing extraordinary things. And they're the stories that Thriving Matters is telling. So till next time, have a great day. Bye, Crystal. 